0: She was a Canaanite woman, her name was Jael, and she defeated Satan's army for Israel. This is a really interesting story as we consume what God has placed in front of us and that has to do with Deborah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Himmler. And I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV, a program taking you through the Bible as we discover From the book of Judges, what's happening? It's very interesting. Corey is here with Ryan to let us know what she's doing. Corey,
1: I'm taking a look at the ancient city of Hatzor. It's already featured once in the Bible, and here in the history of Deborah, it's featured again. Ryan?
2: Today I'm examining the brutal assassination of Sisera, which is recorded in both Judges chapters 4 and 5. Some believe these two accounts are actually in contradiction with one another, so we're going to see if that's true a little bit later on.
0: All right, 28 minutes here. We're going to talk about all of this. It's going to be very interesting. What did you do, Jen?
3: It's our Friday wrap-up question of the week. So anything that we have read in this past week is up for grabs in my questions. Be ready. Judges 4, verses 11 through 22. Now Heber the Kenite, of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the terebinth tree at Zenaim, which is beside Kedesh. And they reported to Sisera that Barak the son of Abinuam had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots, nine hundred chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from herosheth Hegoim to the river Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up! For this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor, With ten thousand men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Herosheth Hagillim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. However, Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin king of Hazor and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you and says, Is there any man here? You shall say, No. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg, and took a hammer in her hand, and went softly to him, and drove the peg into his temple, and it went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. And then, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you seek. And when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera dead with the peg, in his temple. Judges chapter four, verses 11 through 22.
0: Judges chapter four, chapter five, and chapter six as we continue reading through the Bible. That's what we study today. It's very, very interesting. And you know, Deborah, she was an amazing woman. She was a prophetess and the fourth judge of Israel. She was filled with the presence of God and people gravitated to her because of her godly counsel. She reached out to a man named Barak. He was the head of Israel and told him that God had chosen him to defeat the armies that gathered against Israel, but he wouldn't go to battle unless she went with them. Now the truth emerges about where the tribes of Israel were at with God. Deborah was chosen by God to make his voice known. And in time, in her time, God defeated the enemy of Israel. God utilizes those who are closest to him. Now remember this, Jael, a Canaanite woman, knew the truth about who God was and what commitment the people of Israel had with the Lord. It is Jael who finally defeats Sisera a king running from Barak. As Israel pursues this battle, we should note that God always honors those who are closest to him and close to him. Now, you can become close to God, anybody can, if they invite Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the only Son of God, begotten Son of God, and fully God and fully man. And if you have your Bible guide, turn to today's page because it is a good one. And if you don't, why not? You can call or write and... Get a hold of your Bible guide or go to BibleDiscoveryTV.com, click on the page, and it'll take you to a donate. Thank you so much for your donations. We appreciate that. But it'll take you to a place where you can download it then and uh, get it just as we have printed it. Very, very good. Today, a day of victory for Deborah. She is an amazing woman. And Father, we pray today that in spite of all the things going on in this world and people saying things and people mouthing off about this and that, We're not going to mouth off about anything. We're just going to read your word, and your word's going to speak to us. So help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. We don't need to talk. We need to listen. Help us to listen to you, what you have said. In the name of Jesus Christ, this is what we said together, and everybody said with me, amen. If you're watching this program and you're Christian, I'm talking to you. If you're watching this program, not welcome. It's good to have you here. Thank you for joining us, and consider, stay there and. Watch and consider coming to the Lord. Now, Judges chapter 4, verses 11 to 13, say it this way. Now Heber, the Canaanite of the children of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Canaanites and pitched his tent near the Tebereth tree at Zanam, which is beside Kadesh. And they reported to Sisera that Barak, the son of Abinanom, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all of his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, wow, that's a lot, and all the people who were with him from Hersheth, Hogmam, or Hogyam, to the river Kishon. Now, this is amazing. Sisera was a Canaanite general who commanded the army of King Jabin of Hazor. God sets up his forces for battle against Satan. We are God's army. Simply put, if you're a soldier of Christ, and Paul the Apostle tells you this in Ephesians 6, prepare yourself for spiritual, not physical, but spiritual battle. We should be aiming all of our interest and attention there because the enemy fights us and he tries to get to us physically in every other way. But let me tell you something, in spite of 360 million people being persecuted for their faith in Christ every year, we must come to God and say, Lord, we are going to spiritually win this battle. We know because the Bible tells us and we prepare in prayer and thinking and understanding and meditation of your word, how to fight, help us to fight. Interesting spiritual battle. Judges 4, 14 says, then Deborah said to Barak up. For this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all of his chariots and all of his army with the edge of the sword. Before Barak and Sisera alighted from his chair. He got up from his chair and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Hershereth, Hogayim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. Brings me to the second point. God pursued the army of Sisera and they were defeated. We continue to defeat Satan's army. We continue to win because the Bible says so. And let me tell you something, we do win because when we go to eternity, that's about gain for the Christian. That's not about loss. That's about gain. Keep that in mind. All right, we'll get to that in the New Testament. Now let's go back to the scripture because this gets interesting. Judges 4, 17 to 20, watch this. However, Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael. She was the wife of Heber the Kenite for there was peace between Jabin of Hazer and the house of Heber, the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord. Turn aside to me. Do not fear. (laughs) This is amazing. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. What's she doing? Verse 19. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink for I am thirsty. So... She opened up a jug of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. And he said to her, stand at the door of the tent. And if any man comes and inquires of you and says, is there a man here? You shall say no. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer. Oh, my goodness, in her hand and went softly to him. And she drove the peg into his temple and it went into the ground for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. And then, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man whom you seek. And when he went out to her tent, there lay Sisera, dead with a peg in his temple. My goodness, what an amazing story. A Kenite woman named J.L. defeated the army of Satan. Can you believe that? Between Deborah and J.L., they're amazing. It is God who makes us strong as we obey him. Not what we have and not what we can do. And there might be people who have tons of armies and all kinds of great things. You know, mama, 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 we're the great, we're the great. Yeah, God like that can take you down. So we need to keep that in mind. Lord, we pray today as we build our confidence. Help us to trust you, Lord, because you control the hearts of every man. And Father, I pray today in Jesus name that you would win the hearts of leaders and people in military today in the name of Jesus Christ. This is what we ask. We all said together. Hi, Rod Henry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right. On your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there.
1: Today, you and I are going to be focusing in on the really interesting ancient city of Hetzor. So there's already been a coalition of kings that has been, you know, uh, led by the king of Hetzor already in the scripture. But here in uh, Judges with Deborah, uh, we see Hetzor being featured again. And there's another destruction of the city of Hetzor. So let's jump into the history and the archaeology of this site of Hetzor and see what we can learn. The ancient city of Hatzor was located just north of the Sea of Galilee. Its first mention in the Bible comes in Joshua chapter 11. Jabin, the king of Hatzor, gathered together an alliance of multiple kings and their fighting men to resist the Israelites. Hatzor was the head of a major Canaanite coalition. The Bible records Israel's utter victory over this coalition, how they chased them all the way up to Sidon area, killing all that they caught, and then how they captured the allied cities, killing their kings, but leaving the cities themselves standing. All except for Hatsor. Hatzor was captured, the king killed, and the city completely razed. The head of the enemy alliance became a signal fire. Later on in the Bible, another leader of Israel had to face an enemy in Hatzor. This time, the judge Deborah led the Israelites in battle against another Jabin, king of Hatzor, and his army commander Sisera. Once again, the Israelites were successful in defeating Hatzor. Hatzor was eventually rebuilt by King Solomon as an Israelite defensive city. A few generations later, it was captured by Assyria, and Jeremiah prophesied that it would be destroyed completely by Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Extensive archaeological work has gone on at Hetzor. Its upper tell boasts an ancient acropolis of 30 acres that, from a bird's eye view, looks bottle-shaped. Remnants to the Israelite city of Solomon that flourished for about 200 years include fortifications, a tower, homes, a water system, and a six-chambered gate. Under the Israelite city was found evidence of the old Canaanite city. Some of the finds include Canaanite temples, a section of the city wall, its corresponding moat, several Egyptian statues, a monumental staircase, and a large ceremonial palace. All experts agree that this Canaanite city was destroyed and set on fire. A thick layer of ancient ash attests to it. Inside the palace, whose walls still stand six and a half feet high, the ferocity of the fire was discovered. Based off of melted clay vessels and vitrified mud bricks, that is, mud bricks that have begun to transform into glass, the current excavator has determined that the fire was twice the temperature of a regular fire, likely due to its wooden building materials and storerooms of nearly a thousand gallons of oil. The palace also yielded a few statues, a jewelry box, weapons, and a lion-shaped ceremonial drinking cup. Peculiar to this destruction of Hetzor is that the targeted areas were public and religious buildings, and that the destroyers purposefully disfigured images and statues of kings and gods. This perfectly aligns with the destruction by the Israelites, as outlined in the Bible. Most scholars align it with the destruction by Joshua, but based off of the date of about 1250 B.C., this would align it well with the destruction by Deborah and Barak. So there we go, Hatsor, a really interesting city. You know, it's so easy for us when we're reading through the scripture to kind of gloss over the names of cities. But I find when you really get into it and, and understand where the city was, what it looks like and what's remaining today, uh, that next time you come back and you read this, this portion of scripture, knowing some of these uh, cities and people names and place names, it really does help ground the scripture in reality for you so that you don't get lost in in some of the narrative, which I know, you know, the Bible's really big, the Old Testament's really long, so it can be easy for us to get lost uh, in some of the details here, but this is just one way that it can help ground your study and your reading of the scripture.
0: That's very interesting. Excellent. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, well, today we read about the
2: defeat of the Canaanite army, which of course includes the brutal assassination of Sisera, their commander. Now, this Israelite victory over the Canaanites is recorded in both Judges chapters 4 and Judges chapter 5. But some have claimed that there's a contradiction between these two accounts surrounding the death of Sisera. Take a look. Though the Bible is beloved by many, still many others seek to discredit its claims that it is a divinely inspired work of God. In so doing, they make their own claims that the Bible contains many errors and contradictions. One of these supposed contradictions is found in Judges chapters 4 and 5, which recounts the assassination of Sisera. Sisera was the commander of the Canaanite army and had 900 iron chariots at his disposal. For 20 years the Israelites were cruelly oppressed, but God had promised them a victory, and a victory they had. Judges 4 records the utter defeat of the Canaanite army, but Sisera escaped on foot to the tent of a woman named Jael. So Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone in there, say no. But Jael picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep exhausted she drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died this israelite victory including sisera's brutal assassination is again recounted in the very next chapter though to some it seems contradictory judges chapter 5 verses 24 through 27 reads most blessed of women bjl most blessed of tent dwelling women he asked for water and she gave him milk in a bowl fit for nobles she brought him curdled milk Her hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head, she shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell, there he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell, where he sank, there he fell, dead. The allegation here is that though Judges 4 makes it perfectly clear that Sisera was fast asleep when he died, Judges chapter 5 seems to suggest otherwise. However, Judges 5 makes no such claim. In fact, the apparent contradiction arises here because of a failure to distinguish between different literary genres. Judges chapter 4, for example, is historical narrative, but Judges 5 as a song is clearly poetic. Determining the various literary genres is key when interpreting scripture. For example, the poem recorded in Judges 5 is probably speaking metaphorically repeating graphic, emotive language to make its point, namely that a woman triumphed over this great warrior. Even so, the poem is still perfectly harmonious with the historical account. So, far from being a contradiction, this poetic retelling of events in Judges 5 really emphasizes the prophecy made by Deborah in Judges 4-9 that Sisera's defeat would come at the hand of a woman, which would not be the norm. Also take notice of Jael, or Yale in Hebrew. Her strength and skill had no doubt been toughened by a common Bedouin duty of hammering down pegs to secure tents, or striking them loose to take down tents. Uh, something else that's interesting to consider is this. The ancient battle against Sisera has a more modern counterpart in history. According to Judges 521, the Lord sent rain which flooded the stream and valley, neutralizing the 900 chariots of iron that Sisera had amassed against Israel. Some chariots were swept away while others were bogged down in the mire caused by the cloudburst. Now, a similar thing happened when Napoleon defeated the Turks in the same place in A.D. 1799. The historical account of Sister's defeat uh, does not mention how it happened, but Deborah's song adds the footnote, giving us the information.
0: You know that that is really fascinating, and uh, and, and I would simply say that uh, as you study the Bible, it uh, the conflict of man uh, parallels in a lot of ways, and that's something to look at. Make sure you get your Bible guide. This is the March Bible guide. Make sure you get a hold of yours. Write us or call us, and you can do that. It's very important. Corey, you also do something on the weekend with your husband.
1: I do. My husband, Matlock, and I, we do a chapter-by-chapter recap of everything that was assigned to us in the Bible reading. So for in the Bible Discovery Guide, each week you have a certain amount of scripture that you're supposed to read so that you'll read through the Bible an entire year. We know that that schedule can be a lot to take. So uh, if you get fallen behind a little bit you can watch the recap get caught back up for the next week so you don't get bogged down so if you're interested in that check out my YouTube channel it's just my name Corey Babetchko.
0: yeah and it, it's that's very important that's a good one too uh, also remember that uh, this is a, a a fast read through the Bible but we highlight the 15 verses in the daily programs and it's also you can get a hold of it in the Bible guide I know I'm pushing the Bible guide a lot but I really want us to get a hold of that so that's good. Uh, Corey Babetsko at uh, uh, YouTube.com. That's a very important one. Uh, Excellent. Okay, Janice, we have a question coming from the Bible. We do. Which is over a 1,000 pages. By the way, did you know there's more words in the New York Times Weekend Edition than there are in the New Testament of the Bible?
3: Didn't know that. That's something. I
0: Mm -hmm. was watching Johnny Carson, and I was watching... uh, Billy Graham on Johnny Carson, and Billy Green said that.
3: Did he? He did,
0: and this is back in 1973. So anyway, hmm. really interesting. I never knew that. I
3: and didn't either. Anyway. Learn something new every day. Every yeah. day. There you go. Well, let's learn something today. I know there's a lot of you that are playing along with us at home. Anywhere from Joshua 5 to Judges 6 is where I took a look in my Bible for this question. Here it comes. How many daughters did Zalephahad have? He had no sons, but he had daughters. Did he have four? Did he have five? Or did he have six? And I hope you weren't shaking your head or doing anything because some people don't want to know the answer. They actually legitimately want to learn along. I'm going to keep
0: my mouth closed. (laughs) And your head still? My head still.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So how many daughters did Zalefahead have? Four, five, or six? What do you think, Corey and Ryan?
1: I'm pretty confident. Yeah. I think. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. You're good with that? <laughs> yep. You're good
3: with that. Okay. We, we've already discussed this. We discussed this <laughs> yeah.
1: amongst ourselves when the camera was on you guys. Mm-hmm. I do believe the answer is five.
3: If you agreed with Ryan and Corey, you would be absolutely right because he had five Daughters, and we know their names, and I thought I had the scripture verse open here in the in the right place, but I'm actually in Judges instead of Joshua. Here are their names: Amala Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Tirzah. So those were the names of his daughters. Very interesting story about. How these daughters received the inheritance just like if they would have had brothers. And uh, this is all the way back. They were all the way, this was all the way back in the book of Numbers that we first hear about them. And uh, it's a very, very interesting portion of Scripture. So congratulations. Well done. And those of you that are playing along with us, and if you got that answer right, well done. And if you didn't get the answer right, that's all right, because now you know. If anybody asks you, hey, how many daughters did Zalephahad have, you have the answer right there.
0: On your hand, five. five. (laughs) got to know their names, though. Memorize your See you Monday. Thank you for joining us today and being a part of us studying through this particular passage of scripture. We're going to continue on tomorrow. It's going to be a great day, but now we need to think about this. And Lord, we, we need to trust you. So help us to pray, pray this way with me. Pray, Father, I, I pray today that you would help me to trust in your ways and in your work, help me to trust in you for who you are. God, the Lord of everything in Jesus name. Amen.